1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking?
1: Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may
4: apply. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. (laughs) This
5: is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Now, let's go ahead and just get this out of the way so you guys can already get working on this stuff. This has become a classic go-to whenever Ben is out, and I am filling in. Uh, We are going to get the festivities started off promptly. Uh, We are going to let it rip again for the next four hours here on FSR. It is another edition of Fill in the Blank, And it's, I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. All right, so I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. Uh, you can send those uh, over to Justin Cooper. We will get to those throughout the course of the show. We figure, uh, look, normally Ben does certain segments, st- certain topics, things like that. I'm not trying to steal any of his material. He does it way better than me or anybody else could. So we're going to go with w- I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. All right, so send him over to Justin Cooper at uh Bronco fan at UH Bronco Fan, uh, and we will address those throughout the course of the show. But let's uh, let's get things started here. Because in an offseason in the NFL, where I have been in full support of the National Football League, and I think the National Football League has again established themselves as the number one league in In all of sports, in an offseason, which included, uh, uh, you know, when when NFL insiders and people covering the league are telling the the NFL, whatever you do in the middle of a pandemic, you better not start your league year on time. And you know what the NFL did? They said, okay, watch this. Free agency was a bonanza. And then the NFL decided uh, when people said, no, 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 whatever you do, postpone the draft. Not right now. This country has more important things going on than your NFL draft. And what did the NFL do? Grabbed its crotch and said, screw you, we're putting on a draft. And it was a success. The NFL has delivered the goods this offseason, unlike any other league in sports. It's why they're number one. And this was a reminder, the past 10 weeks was a reminder that the NFL is still king in this country when it comes to sports. But I got to be honest. This was the first misstep. The NFL made their first mistake and it took place earlier on Thursday. And I don't want to just say that it was just the NFL. I mean, I don't want to say that it was the NFL and its players and everybody involved. I'm going to I'm going to go specifically at NFL owners because NFL owners failed you as a fan they failed you they had an opportunity to deliver something to you which would have made their game even that much better which would have taken a great game up another notch which is almost impossible to think about but the NFL had an opportunity but unfortunately the NFL failed you I don't know if you happen to see this or not but that proposed 4th and 15 alternative to the onside kick, it was not passed by NFL owners earlier today. Right? So, it's dead. Now, reportedly it was like a 16-16 split I don't know whether or not i buy that. That was one of the reports that came out. But nonetheless, you needed like 24 votes for it to pass. It was 16-16, didn't get close. And so the the way that they're spinning this to keep everybody positive about it is, well, it's just tabled. I mean, maybe we'll bring it back next year. Neat. I'll believe it when I see it. We don't even know if we're going to have fans in stadiums, but you're already telling us, oh, don't worry about it. Maybe we'll bring this rule proposal back next year. It was an opportunity for the NFL to hit The proverbial home run for the NFL to take a dud play and make it exciting. And they whiffed. They whiffed. We could have rid ourselves from one of the most worthless plays in the sport. The onside kick doesn't work. The way that the NFL has adjusted it and the way that the NFL has modified it, it doesn't work anymore. It's a wasted play. It used to work from time to time. And if you go and look at percentages of the 4th and 15 play, they're actually pretty comparable, if not dead even, with what the former onside kick penalty would be. So you could have taken a play that doesn't work anymore, that's a waste of time, and you could have made it mean something. You could have made that play, which is worth nothing, make it worth something and add a little bit more excitement to the game, and add a little bit more excitement and some hope for the people or teams that may need it, or the betters or fantasy football players, whoever you are. You know who you are. But the NFL didn't want to do that. I thought it was a slam dunk. I thought this was the opportunity for us to go, all right, well, hold on a second. If, If that play doesn't work, take your own advice. See, because if you remember, Roger Goodell told us that the reason they moved the extra point back from 20 yards to 33 is because he didn't want that play to just be a formality. He didn't want that play to just be kind of a, oh, whatever, you know, this is the time, extra point coming up, it's an automatic, we can go to the fridge, we can go to the bathroom, we can do whatever we want, we can go on Bumble, who knows? Roger Goodell didn't want that. He wanted to make that play more exciting. I was critical against it. I said it was a dumb idea. I said, what are we doing? Why do we need to make the extra point 33 yards? And I was 100% wrong. Dead wrong. It took a dud play and made it exciting. It took a play that you would walk away from the television because you knew the team was going to make that extra point, and now you're standing around watching, trying to figure out which which kicker is going to melt down if they miss their first extra point of the game. How many great kickers... Have we seen miss extra points and completely melt down? Adam Vinatieri's a Hall of Famer. That guy's going to the Hall of Fame. He was ready to retire a year ago because he couldn't make his extra points. So if you're the NFL and you did it with the extra point, why the F couldn't you do it with the onside kick? It's a golden opportunity. There it is. Instead of a waste of a play, here's fourth and fifteen. If you pick up the fifteen yards, you keep the football untimed down. If you don't pick it up, the other team gets the ball. Pretty simple. And you can do it twice in a game. Both untimed downs. You can't use it in overtime, but you can use it in regulation. And nah, nah, we don't want that. No, nah, why would you know that's why why would we do that? You know, there's you know, just it, it doesn't matter, you know. We we want we want the old way. We want tradition. You know, we want like I, I love that idea too. Well, you know, it's tradition, okay? Listen, there's a big difference between tradition and progression, all right? If you want to be a traditionalist, go live with the Amish. Go churn butter in your front yard. uh, Go milk cows. Go build your own houses without power tools if you want tradition. Or you can be progressive and, you know, like buy a power tool. uh, Buy milk instead of having to milk a cow. uh, Not have to build your own home. Not have to churn your own butter in your front yard. Actually get into a vehicle, put a key in, start it, and drive off. You're not riding around on horse and buggy. But the NFL didn't want to do that. Why would they? And here's the worst part about it. It was such a tease. It got your hopes up. It got my hopes up. It's like the guy who thinks the stripper really likes him. He thinking, oh, man, I'm telling you, we got we got a thing, you know, we got it. Oh yeah, what is it? And I don't know. We got it. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, that thing is that you're right next to the ATM. That's what that thing is. And you keep going back. This was an opportunity, and the NFL whipped. I I, I feel I feel like I'm the guy who assumed that the stripper really liked me because I thought the NFL was going to go through with this. Nope, and it wasn't even close. Not even close. Golden opportunity, and the NFL and their owners failed you. And by the way, some owners out there, and I think Art Rooney might have been one of them, some of these owners said that they felt the play was too gimmicky. That, you know, this fourth and 15 thing is just a little too gimmicky for our league. Um, If that's too gimmicky, what the hell do you call laying a football on its side and kicking it into the ground and hope it bounces the wrong way so you can recover it? That's not gimmicky. Like, what are we talking about here? There's nothing more gimmicky than an onside kick. <laughs> like kickers kicking with the off foot, uh, kickers uh, positioning it next to the tee, uh, uh, sort of on the tee. Uh, you know, laces out, laces. I mean, come on, man. What are we talking about here? This was a chance. They butchered it. Golden opportunity. The NFL whiffed. Owners, NFL owners, for the first time this offseason, failed you as a fan. Jonas Knox in for Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Edmund Effing Garcia is your national update anchor here on Fox Sports Radio. What's up, Jonas? My man Eddie G. How you doing? Uh, just hanging out, Eddie. You know, middle of a pandemic. Uh, you know, not much going on. Uh no real sports, people still arguing about the last dance. You know, same old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh you, are you upset that the uh onside kick is back for another year, Eddie? The waste of a play that is the onside kick.
6: Uh no, I can't say that I'm upset that it's uh Oh you're you asking me if am I am I upset if it's still around? Yeah what you're asking me Yes. sorry. Uh yeah, we I mean it's just become I mean, obviously, we'll watch a ton of football, and of course. When, when the onside kick happens, you're like, "This is not. This is never going to work." I mean, <laughs>
2: it's
6: it does. It time. never works. What, it, what are we doing time, here? Yeah. Go ahead and just kick it deep. I mean, it, it. I can't remember the last time I saw one work. I'm sure it happened a couple of times, but it just, it, it, it's not even. It just like most of them, they'll just kick it out of bounds or
4: it just Here, it's... It, this is I remember the last time it worked because I look like a horse's ass after it happened so it was Thanksgiving night and I was working and I remember Steve Desager National Update Anchor and I were talking about how because something about the on site kick got brought up and I was just saying God Steve it's just such a waste of time nobody recovered we ripped it to pieces and later that night the Falcons were hosting the Saints and Young-Way Koo converted 2 onside kicks. And I said, good God, in a matter of 45 minutes, the Who? entire segment was ruined. Young-Way Koo, I think that is Young-Way Koo. I think that's he pronounced his name. What, how is that racist? <laughs> Say the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I actually think I got that name. Isn't he a former Charger, Eddie He used to pay top dollar to see him kicked Well, he?
6: the answer is yes, he's a former Charger, but the list of former Charger kickers over the last, like, three seasons is probably about 15 <laughs> names long.
4: Why are they turning and burning or something? Is that uh is that, has that been an issue for the Chargers? Yeah, I... yeah.
6: And then, then like uh, they had like Josh Lambeau and then he went to Jacksonville and like became almost an all pro kicker and you know, so I yeah. mean,
4: look, once they got rid of Nate Cading, it was all down the hill from there. Sure. Right? I mean, I'm telling you, just just a total bummer. But no, I, I thought the NFL, I thought it would have a chance. I thought a fourth and fifteen play would have been really exciting, untimed down. You can only use it twice, and for whatever reason, and I don't know if owners are just if they're so stubborn, they didn't want to take an idea idea from another league because the AAF and XFL had it first, but they decided to shoot it down. Uh, the 16-16 vote that it was completely split, I don't know if i buy it, but nonetheless uh, we're stuck with the with the bogus, ridiculous, never-going-to-work on-site kick for this season. Isn't
6: this why Troy Vincent came out like two days earlier and said, uh, oh, we were a miserable failure with the replay of the past interference, so we're not going to have any new rules. We're not going to rush into anything. Oh, it's, so it's they're ridiculous. not going to do anything for a while. I mean, they're going to they'll tease us, they'll talk about it, but apparently they I this is an excuse now to uh, to not do anything new for a while.
4: I have actually thought that the reason – I actually thought the NFL likes it when there's a butchered call because we talk about it for the entire week on sports radio. Like, it's just – it's a, a constant conversation. So if an official butchers a call and it's, you know, sort of questionable whether he got it right and people are outraged, at least it keeps the conversation going. Uh, but NFL officials don't want to be criticized, so they sabotage that entire rule last year, and we've got more on that later on. So – uh, there's that. Uh, by the way, uh, Eddie, how have uh, how have things been uh, with uh, with Ben Maller and uh, Justin Cooper and um, and Roberto? How's everything been? How's the family been? How's Karen? Uh, what's the latest here with the Maller Militia? Anything I need to know about as we well, embark on four hours? I-, I
6: thought everything was great, and then Ben Maller decided to leave his own show yeah. to do a show during the day. <laughs> And just assure everyone that oh, it's no, it's no big deal. I'm just you know, I, I have a show that has my name on it, but I'm gonna, I'm going to not do that show and go do another show during the day. But don't worry, it's uh, everything's fine.
4: It's uh, like, what What a, uh, do you, now, are you insulted? Do you feel like that's a slap in the face for you guys who are who are still here? Not, not just out? me,
6: Jonas, but all of the listeners. I mean, yeah. it's just a uh, kick right in the balls. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> from, and from Ben, of all people who, you know, how he's been, and look, he's toiled overnights for, for so long. You could argue, I mean, he deserves to get a more high profile time slot, perhaps. But, this isn't uh, high
4: profile? What are you talking about? She feels like high profile to
6: me. Have you heard any of our callers?
4: Uh, <laughs> Dude, I mean, I didn't know. listen. I'm not trying to go there because uh, the Malin militia can't stand me, so I'm not trying to go there. I'm not trying to call out any callers. But I don't I know. I,
6: I mean, I think they may give you a giant hug uh, today because of you know just to kind of give the finger to Ben for for leaving us. I mean, I,
4: I right. Would, what
6: better way to get revenge on Ben than to love on you?
4: Yeah, well, I just had a guy who writes in and says, uh, "I'd rather crap in my hands than have Jonas <laughs> fill in for Ben." Well, <laughs> so I I, again, that's not. I don't, that, I, yeah. I
6: don't know if you've been keeping track of things. We have a guy in Philadelphia named Fats who who drank his own urine and set himself on fire. What? So you know, that's that's the people that like Ben uh, that are doing that. So you know, pooping in your own hand is not Whoa. that big of a deal. Well, so,
4: so so people have lost. So the Maller Militias lost their minds during quarantine. That's what's that <laughs>
6: happening. <laughs> well maybe, <laughs> maybe that's it. why maybe okay. that's why
4: i mean because I, I i had no idea that a guy named fats and philly was drinking his own urine i didn't know that was a thing like that uh, okay. yeah
6: and and he went the extra mile he there was no doubt he uh he did drink his own urine he he had proof you know what i'm saying but he what, he I, showed uh showed yeah, him he, filling he, the jug yeah, and yeah. uh yeah the whole thing there
4: good god man that's really and it, like,
6: it, it comes from our friend uh one of your own uh homeboys there in Chicago doc Mike right you know you you know doc Mike I've wow. been
4: drinking my urine for 20 yeah. years yeah wait, 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 does he still pump the shotgun on the air does he still do that A, on do occasion like? yeah but he's okay.
6: the last I don't know guys what uh four or five months he's really been on the urine therapy uh pulpit preaching to everyone this is the cure. Oh, yeah, big time. this is the cure to the coronavirus yeah. and this will keep you uh, healthy and he's really gone full in on that.
4: Uh, Juan Manuel Marquez is a former boxer. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, remember he, that. He, yeah, he, he would do that to all the time. It on on 24/7, I remember thinking to myself like, uh, dude, like that's not, I mean, do you think that's the difference between you beating Manny Pacquiao or not? I mean, come on, man. Like, really, you got to drink your own urine? Remember Moises Alou used to urinate on his hands? That was
6: the story, yeah, for yeah. calluses, right? Yeah,
4: it's, like, it's just like, but I mean, I don't know, maybe there's something to it because, you know, he he wore no batting gloves and he seemed to muscle it out all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. That's very bizarre. I did not know that people were drinking their own urine. I didn't know the quarantine had done in the uh, Mallor militia like that. I was not aware of that. Very disturbing. Very, very disturbing.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know, watch Creighton. You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could, maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. Nicole. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams. was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton?
4: And look, we've had a couple of these feuds uh, pop up in the world of sports, uh, you know, uh, uh, in in the past uh, several weeks. Whether it was Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker, which was one of them, uh, obviously Trevor Bauer and Kyle Loesch are, are going at it. And look, people have been locked up in their homes, and they're probably a little stir crazy, and so tensions are high, and and people are looking to take it out on other people, and 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 it's understandable. It's a pandemic; weird things are happening. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. If you were to ask me. All right, so, so what's the latest feud going to be? Of all the possibilities, I think probably last on my list would have been Damian Lillard versus Dan Orlovsky. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see that one coming. I, I, I did not see like I mean, you could have told me Conor McGregor versus Carrot Top, and I would have thought that would be more likely than Dan Orlovsky versus Damian Lillard. In a Twitter beef here in the middle of a pandemic. And here's how this goes Dan Orlovsky was critical of Damian Lillard and Lillard coming out and saying, if my team doesn't have an opportunity, a real opportunity in the playoffs, I'll go to Orlando, to Walt Disney World, or wherever they have this, you know, modified NBA season if it resumes, but I'm not playing in any of the games. And so Dan Orlovsky. Uh, said, amongst other things, that Damian Lillard was spoiled and that he came across as kind of a spoiled, entitled brat. Well, of course, because there's nothing else going on and we don't have anything better to do, that turned into somehow, some way, it got back to Damian Lillard, who wrote back to Dan Orlovsky on Twitter, entitled and spoiled MFR Watch your mouth. My background, family, and character couldn't be further from entitled and spoiled. I said what I said. Now, Dan Orlovsky has since said, "Well, you know, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have responded in the way that I did. I shouldn't have called you a spoiled brat. I shouldn't have said this." But nonetheless, you've got Damian Lillard. He's now uh, criticizing Skip Bayless uh, and saying you should go apologize on television and you should do this and that. So. Here's how, I mean, this is just back and forth. It's a Twitter beef. But again, Dan Orlovsky versus Damian Lillard, uh, you know, if I would have told you three months ago, that's going to be the Twitter beef to conclude the month of May in 2020, uh, you would think that I was insane. But if I told you that people were going to be wearing gas masks inside supermarkets, you probably would have told me I was insane as well, too. So here we are. Welcome to 2020. This is the one thing that, that I'll just say. Coming from a big family and working in sports radio, it's taught me one valuable lesson. If you're not crying while you dish it, don't cry when you take it. Did Damian Lillard really think that in the middle of the pandemic we're going through and the economy sunk and people out of work and families struggling and financially people strapped, That him saying when people are just just want to go back to work, did Damian Lillard really think that he would go in an interview and say, "If my team doesn't have a real shot at the playoffs, I'll go, but I'm not going to play"? Did he think that was just going to come off and he wasn't going to get any blowback in the middle of everything? That that just no matter what, like he just thought, "Well, you know, no one's going to come at me. I mean, what are you talking about? I did nothing wrong." Did you really? I mean, honestly. Because if that's what you thought, that's one of the most naive things that I've heard an athlete uh, come to the conclusion of in a long, long time. Look around. You're gonna get heat. <laughs> I, like I, I don't know. Like, like what else? What else do you need to see before you realize people out there that are struggling financially don't want to hear you say, "I'm refusing to play" as you make millions upon millions of dollars. I'm not saying it's the right mental approach to take or it's the right attitude to have or athletes should have to feel bad about the money they make. I'm not saying that at all. I'm a proponent of people not use not judging an athlete's worth based on their wallet because just because they're a millionaire and we're not doesn't mean we can relate our jobs to theirs. It's not it's not an apples to apples comparison. But for Christ's sakes, Damian Lillard, if you come out publicly, expect to get some heat. That's how this works. This is part of the game. You say something controversial, you're going to get blowback. That's how this works. And every time an athlete or somebody in the media gets sensitive to criticism over their criticism, I, I stand up and I go, what am I missing here? If you can dish it, you should be able to take it. That's how this whole thing works. And it's not just a Damian Lillard thing. It's not just a Dan Orlovsky thing. It's all over the place. It's athletes, it's people in sports media who get way too sensitive at times. People in sports radio or sports television who are okay coming on the airwaves and criticizing you fans and certain athletes, but if you go after them on Twitter and you criticize them for their take, they block you because they can't handle it. If you're going to dish it, you got to be able to take it. Same goes for Damian Lillard. If you're going to say something in the middle of everything going on, you've got to be understanding that you're going to get some criticism for it. It's why Bryce Harper, other players in Major League Baseball, don't cry if you're getting criticized over your comments about not willing to play for uh, uh, you know X amount of dollars less, and even though it's still a million plus, you're not willing to play. People may agree with you, but you're going to get criticized for it. That's the game. Welcome to social media. Welcome to social media in 2020 in the midst of everything else that's going on in one of the more bizarre years in recent history. That's the game. You can't be surprised by this anymore. If you speak about risk right now, when you're a multimillionaire playing a game, you're going to get heat. People aren't going to sympathize with you. It's just the way it goes. If you're an athlete, you're never going to get sympathy from fans. It's never going to happen. Because fans want your life. They want your ability. They want your paychecks. And they think that something along the way stopped them from getting it. It's jealousy, whatever you want to call it. That's the way this goes. It's, it comes with the territory but I don't understand why people continue to get sensitive on social media when somebody criticizes them. Have you seen some of the crap? I get buried on Twitter all the time, and I'm a nobody. I was the rat at Chuck E. Cheese in high school. I'm a, I'm a nobody. I've, I've always said this, weekend overnight radio in in the backyard of life, I'm the dog crap in the corner. I'm a nobody, and I get buried all the time. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not blocking anybody on social media. I've never once gotten offended. I've never once got bothered. I don't care. It's part of the game. People are angry. They're pissed off. They're going to take it out on you. It's misdirected anger. This is how this goes. But this, I'm outraged and offended, and I need an apology, and don't you dare say that about me. Look, man, if you're going to go public with comments like that, you're going to get criticized publicly. That's part of the deal. It's the way it is. It's one of the drawbacks of social media. What's the old adage? A hammer can be a tool or a weapon. It depends on how you use it. Some people use it as a weapon. It's just, it's the way of the times. It's the way of the world. Twitter's a diary, except people can write in yours too. (laughs) That's how this happens. And so Dan Orlovsky, you know, apologizes, but it's like, look, if you're Orlovsky. You also if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. All of us, every single one of us in sports radio and beyond. The guys that announce they're going to block you on social media. I mean, come on, man. Seriously? Like we're doing a I mean, this this whole uh, uh the thing that we're doing, I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. Do you think any of those are flattering? <laughs> Do you think any one of those are flattering? No, you turn it into a bit. You have some fun with it. Stop being so sensitive. It's just Twitter. People are going to be critical, but if you're going to dish it, you got to be able to take it. Jonas Knox, in for Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. You can get me on Twitter, at the Jonas Knox, at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Uh, again, we are going to have a, uh, we are reading these throughout the course of the show once an hour. I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. We will have more of those coming up later on in the hour. I'd rather blank than have Jonas fill in for Ben. You send those to Justin Cooper at UH Bronco Fan. That's at UH Bronco Fan. We will get to more of those coming up later on in the hour. But, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in the great, gifted, and talented Edmund Garcia, your national update anchor.
6: Well, thank you, Jonas. Uh, I don't know if people would... Would agree with that when they if they heard my update uh, at the bottom of last hour trying to say with the word ominous but uh thank you i appreciate yeah, that i s- thought you know uh when since ben has been doing the show from home and pretty much all of our hosts are at the request of management uh we've we've had him drop a couple times you know the equipment whatever gremlins as he calls them i gotta say to start Hour number two there, I thought, uh oh, we've lost Jonas. I'm gonna have to go into emergency fill in mode here. Gave well, us all a heart attack. Yeah, like, well, no, I,
4: yeah, no, I full full connection. Um, I you know, I like to, you know, let it I probably maybe let the uh, the music wait a little bit, but I don't want to talk over the band. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wanna I feel like it's more of a dramatic response as opposed to just jumping out of the gates right away. So, you know, that's that's more of a that's more of a a habit that I have on my weekend shows. But again, I'm not trying to scare anybody. Uh, We're you're all good here, and I'll make sure to uh, uh, to to get onto it a little bit quicker next. Well,
6: time. we're prepared for you. it now. If you want, if you want to do it
4: again, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like yeah, I'm yeah.
6: looking at Coop. Roberto's looking at me. I'm like, oh, is he there? What happened? We're gonna have to reconnect. Uh, we're gonna have to fill for a little while. Uh,
4: Eddie, what's the meanest thing anybody's ever said to you on Twitter?
6: The meanest thing? Like if, uh, like if, uh,
4: like if they ever uh, have they ever gone and made comments about Karen, your wife?
6: Uh, once, yeah. Once.
4: Okay. Yeah. Like, see that stuff. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why people take that approach. I don't know. I don't know what that does. Like if you tell them their team's going to go seven and nine, the next thing you know, they want your, your entire family to die in a car accident. Like that stuff happens. a bunch it's, of losers. It's, it's Twitter. Like people are angry, man. They get pissed off. I just, I, I refuse to block people. I, I, I just won't do it. If you feel how you feel, go right ahead. They're all yours. Have at it. If it makes you feel better afterwards, then that's fine. How many people are currently blocked from Eddie on Fox on Twitter?
6: Oh, I don't know. There are definitely some. (laughs) Uh, And and honestly, a lot of it is just uh, like, for example, one of our regular show contributors, Blind Scott, is blocked by me, not because I had really anything against him. But he just, he would, he would Twitter bomb and he would have all these, these posts and he would have me, he would (laughs) at me and it had nothing to do with me. And I just, I I even warned him. I said, Hey man, I, I, I I can't see all these tweets that you're sending and you're including me. And I, and I, it's nothing about me. It has nothing to do with me. I don't know why you're doing this. Please stop doing it. And he just kept doing it. And then I, that was it. I just, just blocked (laughs) it. That's most of it. If it's just that kind of thing, I don't have time to, you know.
4: By the way, whatever happened to Blind Scott?
6: Oh, he still calls in all the time. Does he really? Oh, yeah.
4: Like, I haven't heard from that guy in forever. Like, he uh, he used to call in. He used to uh, uh, tweet me from time to time, and I remember when he would call in to Ben's show, but I haven't heard from Blind Scott in forever. Like, long time. And he's been he's been part of the—is he part of the Malor militia, or has he been ostracized? Is he no longer in it? Oh no, he's in it. Okay. Yeah, he's in. It. Yeah, because he's been part of the crew for Jesus years since since I've been a father So what, ten years?
6: Yeah, he's actually got his dad joining him now a few times uh, during his calls. <laughs> his dad seems like a normal guy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, now is that does that say that the blind Scott is not a normal guy? Or yes, what?
6: yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If
4: okay, if you if you could, if which which member of the Mallor Militia do you dislike the most, Eddie Garcia? If you got to pick one, and if you need time to think about it, we can give you time to think about it. You know, it. I
6: mean, it's let's just keep in mind I don't know any of these people personally, but uh, I would say Steven Manhattan is probably my <laughs> least favorite caller. That might be an upset to some because there's a guy named Real Talk who calls in who annoys me, but I I don't know. Steven Manhattan, I just don't
4: get it. (laughs) What's his problem? What does he do? He's
6: just not, he's not interesting. He apparently, he's like, we have a few of these guys. They just like call multiple shows all night long. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I guess that's their little way to to get some attention and some notoriety. I just don't understand Uh, what's the point of that.
4: But uh, whatever makes you happy, I guess. uh, Coop, which member of the Mallor militia do you dislike the most?
8: Um,
4: I know there's a couple on Coop's list. I don't know if he's
8: serious about it, but I don't know. That's a good question. I I generally like most of the uh, the members, um, and he and Coop
6: has to actually interact with them. We we just hear their calls, so he actually actually t- has to talk to them. So yeah, if he likes them, all that's pretty good.
4: I mean, Roberto, do you have one? Like, who who do you dislike the most?
8: Uh, not really. Uh, uh, I got some of them muted, but I don't <laughs> remember who they are. <laughs>
4: It's so funny, man. It's just so funny. People just, they sit on Twitter and their whole goal is how can I offend people? Like I just don't get it.
8: I think I, a lot <laughs> of them have terrible phone calls, and I think their phone calls suck. But I don't dislike any of them as people.
4: Well, see, I thought Ben gave up on phone calls. I thought he he just wasn't giving out the phone. No, calls. no, oh, he no. he
8: gives he gives Chris and Houston like ten minutes every show, and the, it's just torture for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, so there's so uh so that's the one. So Chris and Houston, that's uh, that's the one you don't like. See, it's He's he's yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a good guy. Yeah, okay. I agree. All right, interesting. All I will right,
6: say uh, also on Twitter real quick. I I I'm not a, like a, I, I'm not a hot take machine <laughs> at all. I try to have a good time and just laugh and you know without.
4: I don't, I'm not either. Yeah. So
6: I mean, if you but if you're a host and your your thing is to generate you know drum up uh, controversy and debate and you know then I then I get you're gonna get a lot more. You know, blowback than somebody like me who's just, you know, talking about how I hate pickles or something on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, what would and that
8: then once you leave Friday morning, you're usually off Twitter, right, Eddie? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I, I,
6: maybe during football season, I will tweet a little bit because I'm watching the games and I'm, you know, have something to say. But other than that, no, I don't, I don't check Twitter until I come back to work.
4: Yeah. If I'm not working, I don't have much to say. I, like, if there's nothing, you know, I, I don't, my, my commentary isn't needed during the last dance. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> the, the games happened 30 years ago. It doesn't matter what my commentary is on the last stand. So, yeah, if I'm not working, I, I'm not on Twitter. It's just so, some people, man. Good. It's like the people on Instagram who have got, like, 4,000 Instagram posts, like, for the love of Christ! Yeah, they have get over to like yourself, post
7: every day. Yeah. Seriously,
4: like yeah. get over yourself. Nobody gives a crap what you're uh, yeah. doing today. Nobody wants to see those little uh, IG stories. Nobody wants to know what your what your username is on Snapface or whatever they call it. Like, nobody cares, man. Like get over yourself. So there's that.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
4: Did you guys see this by the way? And uh and I was looking at this, uh this earlier, but there's actually so Eddie, you mentioned this in one of your updates that Madden, um, they've re upped the NFL EA Sports and Madden through twenty twenty six. And so I didn't know that Madden had been around since nineteen eighty eight. Like I, I had no idea that it was that, that Madden had been around that long, but since nineteen eighty eight, uh, Madden's been in you know doing business with the NFL, what do you guys think John Madden makes a year in royalties? No cheating in royalties on Madden. What what do you think he makes off that? Eddie Garcia.
6: Wow, um, more money than he ever made coaching. That's for
4: damn sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's
6: for damn sure. Yeah. A year? You want want me to ask what he gets in royalties for a year? Yeah, Every year like, the game comes out?
4: Yeah, like what do you, what do you think oh, he boy. makes a year?
6: I'm usually really good at these games, Jonas. Just ask Ben. He loves when I, I – because I always go big. And then he gets mad because then when he says <laughs> the number, it doesn't sound that impressive. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to try not to go too high. I'm going to go $10 million. Okay.
4: I, I, I'd I be around that, that number. Uh, Roberto, what do you think uh, John Madden makes a year off the game Madden?
3: I'm going to go 10.1.
4: <laughs> what an a-hole. He always does this. Uh, it's, it's un- this is unbelievable. Uh, J- Justin Cooper, what do you think uh, Madden, John Madden, makes a year uh, in royalties off the game Madden?
8: All right, so let's see. There's about a about 100 million copies sold per year.
4: Um, I mean, it's the number one sports game, right? It's got to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has to be.
8: I feel like I feel like they both went too high. I'm I'm gonna go five million.
4: Okay. This, as of, and this is the last report that I saw. John Madden, a year, makes two million dollars. Doesn't that seem low? Actually, I, yeah, yeah, it, it does. Am I crazy? That that seems really low to me. If I, if I were Madden, I like I when I saw it, I was thinking okay, about ten million dollars, $10 million a year. That would make some sense. Like, I was right in the same ballpark as Eddie and Roberto, but he like only two million dollars a year. And and I looked up enough, um, you know, looked at a couple of different articles that both quoted the same number about two million dollars a year that John Madden makes for having his name on the game. The, the how mini- many copies were sold? Coop, what is it? A hundred a hundred million copies? You're saying a a, a year? Is that what you said?
8: Um, no, no, it's it's. I was just throwing out numbers. Okay. <laughs> like,
4: I, I just uh, for that game and the number of people that play that game every single year and the number of tournaments that they have. The fact that he's only making, if these reports are correct, two million dollars a year. That feels really, really. Yeah, low. the full
3: retail price in
6: that
8: game is 60,
4: 65 dollars.
6: Uh, according to the internet, as of 2013, Electronic Arts has sold more than 100 million copies of Madden NFL and more than 5 million in one year for more than 4 billion in total sales.
4: Unless, unless he's got some sort of a, you know, e- even after he's gone, his family still gets a certain percentage of something. But as from everything that I saw, Madden's getting $2 million a year for his video game. And that feels really low considering that's the most popular sports game probably in the history of video games. And he's only <sighs> getting 2 million a year.
8: I think that's pretty good.
4: 2 million a year for Madden?
8: Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't actually do anything. But it's, his- it's just his name on it. It's it's like a you know, he gets 2 million per
4: year. I'll I'll, I'll bet you George Foreman got more for the George Foreman Grill. And I don't even know what George Foreman got. I'll bet you George Foreman got more for the George George Foreman grill, and he didn't do a damn thing on that grill. You think he designed that? My ass. That was supposed to be Hulk Hogan's to begin with. (laughs) That's true. I don't even know if George Foreman owned one. But I guarantee he got more than John Madden got for the game Madden.
8: Let's see. uh, What says that the... At oh At the my God. peak of his success, he was getting $4.5 million per month. <laughs> no, who? George Foreman? Yes.
4: <laughs> for the grill? For the George wow, Foreman grill? One,
6: $137 million in 1998.
4: He made a he made $137 I don't, that's gotta million. That's got to be the
6: sales of the grill, not for George Foreman, right?
8: No, uh, It says, while Foreman has never officially stated how much money he's received yeah, from sales yeah, of the grill yeah. total... Conservative estimates take oh. into account his royalties, which at the peak of success were about four and a half million per month.
4: Oh my God! He made four and a half million a month on the George Foreman grill. No wonder
6: he's smiling in this picture
4: you I'm know, seeing.
8: He, well, see, see he, the deal that he got, he was being paid about 40% of the profits on each grill oh. sold. Oh, wow. Good so, for him, yeah, man. he had a he had an insane deal. Good
4: did we did we all
6: at one point own a 100%, grill? 100 percent?
4: 100 percent. I remember one of the one of the most slobbingly drunk moments I've ever seen. I went over to my buddy's house. Uh, they were having a party. They were living in San Diego, not far from San Diego State. And his buddy came in the door and he was so drunk that he had cooked on the foreman grill earlier in the night. He pulls down a loaf of bread and starts dipping the loaf of bread no. in, in the grease <laughs> runoff tray. I oh, swear no. to God, this is, oh, this no. is a true story. <laughs> he's dipping he's dipping pieces of bread in the grease runoff tray. Like it's odd you I don't think that's bread. what it's supposed to be used for. <laughs> it's not. It's terrible. Was
3: the bread toasted at least? No. Uh.
5: On, are you serious? No, he was, <laughs> he was he was
4: he he was mangled and he grabbed just a loaf of bread and, and was <laughs> taking right. loaves All of right. bread. How, and how many in. of
6: our listeners right now are like, hmm? That sounds pretty good. I, right right
4: like, I it, it. was. I can still smell it. It was so gross, and I, I'm like, man. I'm all man. What are you doing? He goes, it's fine. It's so. I'm like, no. That's like. That's like the. It's like. It, <laughs> it, it's like the. You know. You ever, you ever seen a a a bar rag shot? You know what that is? At the end of the night at the bar, they'll take the rag that they've been cleaning, like all the drains and all the bar tops, and they'll wring the bar rag out into a glass. So, I mean, who the hell? You talk about coronavirus. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I don't know what was it, but they'll wring it out into a, into a glass and somebody at the end of the night will do a shot of whatever was in the bar rag. Like that is more appetizing than taking pieces of bread and dipping it in the grease runoff on, on the George <laughs> Foreman grill. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think
0: <laughs> I'd take, take the grease. Okay.
4: But here's the thing. <laughs> was, it, you, was it
0: baking grease? We know what kind of grease it was. What was yeah, it, it was
4: like you you cook chicken or a piece of meat and like all the all the fat and the grease comes off. Like that's smells. That was that was the worst part of the Roberto, grill. Roberto,
6: was- you never had a George Foreman grill?
4: Uh no. Wow. Wow. I, you know, yeah, I've had
8: a for- George Foreman grill. But I'm actually I'm actually reading about this and it's it's very fascinating how First of all, he he wasn't even he didn't even like it. Like you said, it was supposed to go to Hulk Hogan. And then he finally tried it, thought it was his like well, his wife tried it first. His his wife was like, Oh, this is great, you gotta try it. He tries making a burger on it, thinks it's great, and then he says, Okay, fine, I'll do it. But he made a deal to get like forty percent of the profit with no upfront guarantees. Oh my god. No upfront guarantees, but forty-five percent of the profits. Yeah, and then when he put his name on and he just sold millions and then he, it's saying that at at age of 48 when he fought shannon briggs in 97 he lost the fight but then goes to the locker room and his attorney came and and showed him a check from his royalties it was for a million dollars so he that's what he, he says that's when he decided you know what i i gotta focus on business instead of boxing
4: unbelievable uh, and and the best part of the story, if I have this correct, is that it was originally offered to Hulk Hogan. They called him, but he wasn't home, so they left a message on his answering machine. And by the time he got back home and returned the call, George Foreman had already accepted. It's like just think about that. Like that—that's I, I something would,
6: that would happen to Ben Maller. Oh, and right? he would be like so bitter about it for, well, for what? Mean, what?
4: Wasn't he pissed when Steve Harvey was in studio and it was the one night Ben was out yeah. because he's obsessed with Steve Harvey? Yeah, then I mean, um, he
6: didn't get in on, was it Bitcoin's Scoop or something? There was yeah, was something yeah, he B- had a chance yeah, to Bitcoin. get in on and he didn't do it. And he's- oh,
4: so good. But yeah, man, uh, so so uh, word to the wise, I wouldn't recommend taking a piece of bread and dipping it into the grease tray on a George Foreman grill. It was disgusting. <laughs>